And Joseph of Marathia took down Christ thing in a fine linen and, raised, and buried him in a new tomb. Name the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, my subject today in the homily may be a little uh, lugubrious, but uh, it's something we should learn because there seems to be great confusion when people fall asleep in the Lord. And remember, no Christian ever dies. We're baptized and chrismated. In our prayers, what is precious, the Lord takes to himself, which is our noble soul, and then we sow our body in the earth. I would seem to have an industry about burying people and spending a lot of money, which is okay because you love these people and Jesus Christ loves them. And the morning, this morning, this wonderful woman, they took expensive nard, expensive perfume, and they went to the tomb to anoint the Lord Jesus because he died on the Shabbos and there was not time to anoint him. So he was buried quickly. Now these women were not just uh, anybody. Uh, you know, it was women who ministered to him, like Mary Magdalene, like the two uh, sisters of Lazarus, like Our Lady, like uh, cousins and aunts and uncles. The uncles weren't there, cowards. And uh, anyway, I know where they ran off to. But those women are, are tough. We're not going to separate them from who they love, even in death. And so they went, and they're to be congratulated. Well, they got a reward. They're the first witnesses to the resurrection for their charity and love for the Lord, and they were not afraid to anoint him in death and even spend money on him. Can you imagine that? And he was laid in a new tomb by Joseph of Arimathea, his own tomb. It was not fitting that the Lord Jesus should be put in some used tomb or something, you know. I remember uh, when I was in Seattle, these people came to visit our church. They were neighbors. And they came in and they're, you know, they're the liberated type. They're so liberated and they've lost their whole head. But anyway, they came and said to me, uh, well, they'd like to see our space. They were talking to the church. Would you like to see the church? I said, yes. And so I said, fine, we'll, we'll go in and we'll say a prayer together. Most people, no matter how secular they are, they do say they are a father. They know that for Used to, anyway. So I'm talking to them, and he's a neighbor, and I said, well, what do you do for a living? He says, <clears throat> I make pottery out of cream ends. It means that they make pottery, vases and ashtrays and whatever have you, are the remains of those people they're supposed to love. That's pretty bad. He says, you know, there's that cemeteries take up too much room. I said, what are you talking about? I says, the whole world is a cemetery. 
every inch of it, there's somebody, some remains there, somebody dies, some Indian or whatever, some native. Well, he says, I never thought about that. He says, we'll have to talk about this. When I was a teenager, you know, all teenagers are wise guys. And that's just the way they're made. And we expect that, don't we? Yeah. So anyway, it's hard to raise them because uh, you have to hate to see your kids fall and make mistakes, but they got to make their own mistakes. We pray for them hard. So anyway, uh, I was a teenager and I was inquisitive about our, our ancestors' life in the old country, Dokrayu, as we say in our language. And the monks have all heard the story, but maybe you've heard it, I don't know, I'll tell it again. And I said to my Zedo, my grandfather, I said, well, where are we all buried in Europe? Where are our ancestors? He says, well, he says, there's a churchyard in Preshov, and our, all our relatives are there. Well, how many graves do you have there? He says, oh, just two. I said, just two. And I thought about that. He says, you mean how many years you've been going there? Well, we don't know for sure. Maybe 800 years. There's two graves. So I said to him, that's not possible. I said, you know, in America, everybody gets their own grave. He says, You're so, don't be so foolish, Joe. He says, brothers and sisters come from their mother's womb, and when we die, we should go back to our mother, the earth. How slav. How insightful. How scriptural. How traditional. I get uh, letters all the time from people asking me permission he says the church allows cremation. The church tolerates cremation. It should not be done. We should put our beloved ones to rest in Mother Earth in imitation of Jesus Christ. Now, are we supposed to do everything in imitation of Jesus Christ? How many of his relatives did he burn up? Come on. I had a very rough time when my mom and dad died. They're, you know, I don't care what they are to you, your mother and father, or your, they're your treasures. They're the people who love you the most. Regardless of they smoke or drunk or they cursed or whatever, they're still mom and dad. Maybe they didn't go to church as they should have. Maybe they did. Maybe they got too Americanized or secularized. They're still mom and dad. So mother died first here in Seattle in the rectory. She had good care. She told me one time, she says, if I wasn't the mother of a priest, I know I wouldn't get this care. I says, just don't worry about it. Just enjoy yourself while you can. So what was I going to do? I want to put mom in a holy place where there was prayer. The only place that I knew of was fairly that way was in Mount Macrina. And years before that, I bought slots in a mausoleum. So people asked me, well, did, why didn't you put her in the ground? I said, well, Jesus was put in the mausoleum. He was put in the tomb. 
I says, I just couldn't bring it upon myself to put mom in the ground. Although all my other relatives are in the ground. But this was mom. And so mom is in the mausoleum, in the priest's family section, right above the altar. About, I didn't realize what I was buying, but I did buy the, the slot just above the altar. And she has perpetual flowers for every feast day. I paid a little extra. What good is money if you can't get something good for your mom? So that went on, and Dad wasn't doing too well in those days. And So I went to see Dad. He says to me, you know what, these funerals are awful expensive. And he says, I don't want you spending a lot of money. I said, Dad, you have more money than God. I said, Dad, Mom got a beautiful funeral, and yours is going to be the same, so quiet down. And you're going to Mount Macrina, and you're going to be in a nice, beautiful place where there's prayer. Well, we remembered in prayer as long as Mount Macrina lasts, and I don't know how long that's going to be, but she'll be remembered in prayer. And when we came to down to Pennsylvania, put uh, Mom and Dad in the mausoleum, the nuns were all there, and they sang the service. And it was hard. So occasionally I get over to Pennsylvania, I'll go there and sit down and look up at those slabs in there. And I am consoled that I did the best I could for my parents. Disregard the money. Our money is half useless anyway. Maybe we can do some good with it. Now these holy women were not afraid to take care of the ones they loved, even in death. And I think that's the American way too. I remember my grandmother Wells, her maiden name was Colson, and she was related to the first families of Virginia, so am I, the Jamestown Colony. And think about Plymouth Rock, where there was Jamestown Colony, don't forget that. So anyway, <clears throat> she told me a lot of stories about the Civil War. And because uh, she was a child of the people that fought in the Civil War. That's how close we are to that war. It's just hardly a hundred years away from us. And that's today, a hundred years is a lifetime if you're healthy. Huh? And she told me stories that I really should write down in a book because her mother was, they had a, were homesteading on the Kansas-Nebraska border. Well, that was a hot place in the Civil War. And uh, her first husband was shot. So women couldn't be without husbands in those days. They just couldn't. They needed a helpmate to, to live, farm and all that. So she got another helpmate. She had two children with the first one. second one, she had two children. He got shot, too. It was tough. So finally she married my grandfather after the Civil War, my great-grandfather, Mr. Colson. And he died a natural death. But it seems like to me, I looked up the 
birth certificate. It looked like everybody died in TB in those days. It was terrible in those days. So anyway, to get, I said, to, what, what did the women do? All these battlefields and all these men being shot, just mowed down. Especially after Lincoln got that, you know, that Gappinger gun. He just took it out there and just mowed him. They marched in phalanx like this. They took the gun and shot him down like they were cutting the wheat. She said, what did the women do? They went up and picked up the dead. They, they, they dressed him up as best they could. They patched him together. They dug the ditches and they buried him. Well, what were the men? The men were dead. And that, if you go to back east, you know, those graveyards are holy. Now the money lenders want to take up and dig up those graves and build houses, you know. That's terrible. That's terrible. In the Old Testament, we're told it's a holy and wholesome thing to bury the dead. We must do everything in imitation of Jesus Christ. How he would have buried his loved ones. He died young. On the cross to save us. To pay the debt for our sin. And water and blood came forth from the cross giving us the sacraments in the church. That holy death. And his mother went there. And she took down with Joseph Arimathea and his companions, she took down his body in a sheet like that. And if you go to the Vatican, you see this beautiful Pietà by Michelangelo. She's holding her baby, her son. And her relatives were there to help her put him in a good place. She was poor, very poor. But Joseph Mithir was rich. And he says, take my tomb. And all those women who were mostly poor, they got up the next morning and they went with costly or aromatic oils to anoint the body of Jesus. Something we still do in the Byzantine church. Even the dead body gets anointed. The priest, they pour oil over him. And when I buried a priest, I anointed his feet, his hands, his ears, everything before I put the vestments on. I wanted it done right. And they go there and glory behold! The seal is broken. The tomb is open. The wrappings are there, you know, wrapped up. Somebody got up and wrapped up the clothing. Good home training, huh? What a beauty. And Mary Magdalene saw him. He says, don't touch me. I have not yet ascended. Where was he going to go? To the right hand of God, the Father Almighty in heaven, where he still reigns. I salute the ladies today. This is ladies' days for Easter for ladies. Huh? They were there when the Lord Jesus needed them. And that hasn't changed. How would a priest run a parish without women? They're a handful, but they're necessary. Name the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Amen.